Okay, so Mesiyat Rishmai, we're going to jump in first and foremost. As David Malach says, when you sit in a Rabbim, even if it's just two Jews, all the more so when it's a whole Chevra, we want to express our collective gratitude. My wife and I talk Baruch Hu, for the gift of a baby boy who was born this past Tuesday night. Thank you so much. And the baby, as many of you know, requires Rachmi Shemayim. He was born very, very young. Very, very well. All babies are born very young, but he was born extremely early. Thank you. At uh, 26 weeks, and Baruch Hashem, stable, is getting stronger, but we need a lot of tefillas and ma'asim tovim and Torah learning and good thoughts and positive energy directed his way. And he's at the Royal Free in an incubator, and we were just there, and we've been there, and we will still continue to be there a lot over the next couple of weeks and months. Obviously, in the schus of all of our learning and our thinking. Holy, positive thoughts in the schus of Tinok ben Shir Yehudis, Be'ezus Hashem, will be able to continue to share good news together. Be'ezus Hashem. Ah, okay. Ketaka Megilachayim. Baruch atah Adonai, Eleheinu Melech HaOilam, Shehakol Nihiyeh B'dvarai. L'chaim, l'chaim, l'chaim. L'chaim. Umayim. Okay, so let's jump in. It says the Hilgar Rebbe, Lekut Amran, 99. Tzaditas. Ve'eschanon el Hashem ba'eis ha'hi leymar. Parshas of Eschanon begins with, wouldn't you know, the word ve'eschanon, amazing coincidence. And Moish Rabbeinu is praying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to allow him to enter Eretz Yisrael. After Hashem says that that privilege is withheld from him on his level, hitting the rock, whatever that whole sugya is. And Moish Rabbeinu is davening. Ve'eschanon el Hashem be'eis ha'hi leymar. Moish Rabbeinu davened at that time, saying, and again he begs Hashem to let him into the land. Ve'eschanon se'chazaz gematria 5.15. And if he would have davened one more tefillah, just one more tefillah, you never know. And so Chazal learned from there that a person needs to always just daven one more. So Hashem didn't want him to daven that one more. Hashem stopped him. But each and every one of us, when we're davening for all the things that we're davening for in our lives and all the rachmi shamayim that all Jews really need, whether we're here, whether we're in Eretz Yisrael, maybe here even more, who knows? Oh, Jews all around the world, every single one of us here and whoever's listening to this in some way needs rachmi shamayim. Don't stop davening. So Rabbi Nachman's going to pick up on that. He doesn't quote that medrash directly, but that's where he's going with this with this piece. So let's take it step by step. All the siyat Says the He said, Jew needs to daven with dveikas gadola shemizbarach, with tremendous, tremendous attachment, cleaving, connection to Hashem. And this could already be somewhat of a chiddush, because like we grow up, we're privileged to have grown up from, and we're trained from whatever age it is to daven, and we daven. Just say a Jew needs to daven. You know, it's a chiv to daven three times a day. That's already a big deal. It's not so easy to do. Get up in the morning, especially now in the winter, you wake up, it's, it's dark, it's freezing, and you schlep yourself to shul. A person needs to daven. Okay, it's hard enough. But the Rebbe says, davening needs to be done in a state of tremendous attachment to Hashem. And it's not going to happen if it's not something that we work on, if it's not something that we're conscious of. What is dveikos? What is dveikos? What does dveikos mean? In Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, because they didn't have this particular material very far back, how do we refer to glue in Hebrew? Devek. Glue is devek. 
Davek is glue, right? Now, when something is glued to something else, it's a very deep attachment, maybe even more than some other ways that we could attach one thing to another. We could tape two things together. We could tie two things together. But there's something about glue, which is so, it's so incredibly adhesive that these two things are mamish attached, right? Not just a part of it is attached to a part of the other thing. They are glued together. There's a, there's a place where these two things are so one that there's no space at all in between them. They look like they're parts of one thing. That's it. Especially if it's two broken parts. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly, which is exactly us with Hashem, right? Yes, the <laughs> Seder and the most exciting part of Seder night, right? Is the matzah broken? So, and the answer is, of course, it's not. Even Right. <laughs> the answer is, of course, it's never broken, right? Because these two parts are mamish one. And when we become davuk to Hashem, bebechinah devak. It's like glue. Says the Rebbe, imagine that. Imagine if we had this in mind when a person stands up to Shemana Esrei which the Bredichever and other tzaddikim explain, that's why we whisper Shemana Esri, because there's, there's no space across which to speak or scream. It's just whispering. You're there. You're right there. That's why Shemana Esri is referred to in Chazal all the time as Amida, standing, as opposed to all the other parts of Davening, Pesukah de Zimra and, 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 and Birchus Kriyashma, and, and the Brachas before, after, after Kriyashma, leading up to Shemana Esri. It's Bechinav, you're walking, you're progressing, you're proceeding. So much so that the Ariya Kaddish explains that the reason why Pesukah de Zimra is called Pesukah de Zimra is because on the one hand, Zimra can mean singing. But on the other hand, Lizmor could mean to chop down, to cut down. Like you use a sickle in a field, Lizmor Eitzim, or Anavim, you, you chop down uh, uh, grapevines. He says Pesukah de Zimra doesn't mean paragraphs or verses of song. He says it means verses of chopping. Because it's like you're walking through a thicket and you have to clear all the, all the, all the this-worldliness that's attaching itself to a person when a person wakes up in the morning, a brand new day. And, and it's so megusham, it's so physical. The neshama comes back into the body. We have tum on our hands. We have, the first thing, we have to chop away all the vines. And we're moving. And then you work through, through okay, Pesukah de Zimra is a big Indian, and an Avoida, and a person who spends time learning the deeper meaning, not just the words, that's already a Madriga, but to learn the deeper meanings in the aspect of the way that we've been learning. What did these Pesukim really mean? It's a review of some of the most important Yisodos, the most important foundations of Yiddishkeit. And it gets you heated up, it gets you warmed up. We have to say it with fire, with passion, with depth of concentration, like, like, like that. Just explosive, mamish explosive. And then you get to Kriya Shema, which is the deepest. You're still moving, though. Shema Yisrael is different than Baruch Shem. It's a different aspect. And then you get to Shemana Esrei. Amida. Devek. You're there. There's nowhere else to go. You're at the Kotel Hamaravi. You're, you're in the Kodesh HaKadashim. You're just there. So the Rebbe says, When a person davens, the ideal is, and what we should be striving for, is to achieve this state of, of, of glue, of attachment, total attachment. It cannot be fake. It cannot be, no, no, I feel connected. It's got to be... Uh, it has to be worked on. It has, it to, has be to be worked on. But even there's something to faking it also. Not our sugya tonight, but there is something. There is an Indian of, of moving your body and getting into it. But of course nobody's faking. We, we want to get, we want to work on it. You can't fool yourself. What's that? You can fake it till you make it, but you just don't fool yourself. Right, that's the thing. That's it. That's it. The foundation of being a Jew is to know that we have to move, always move. You're never there. You know, even when you think you're there, and even when you're taka there, you're still not there. 
You have to move. It right. takes work and contemplation and time to cultivate. But to know that this is an ideal. The way that the Nefeshachayim says it in Shar Beis, which is all about tefillah, so one of the most remarkable works on tefillah, Nefeshachayim Shar Beis, if you haven't seen it. And Rabbi Nachman echoes a very similar sentiment in the 90s, in Lekutim Arantinyana, the whole 90s, from 90 to, to I think 99, that whole segment is short little paragraphs on tefillah. So Rabbi Nachman over there says the same thing as Rechaim Velazhenor, they were mamish aligned in this, as as they were in so many ways. So all the Hasidic masters were aligned with the Nefeshachayim very, very deeply. In many ways. That's a whole separate thing. But they both use the Pasuk in Tehillim where David HaMelech says, Nafshi bekapi tamid, my soul is in my hand. Constantly. Nafshi bekapi tamid. What does that mean? Already Chazal say that a person needs to daven in such a way that they feel like like they're 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 lifting their soul up. Nafshi bechapi, like I'm giving my soul to you. And the way that the Nevi'im and Rabbi Nachman learned that respectively, we don't have it in front of us. The way that they learned that is that a Jew needs to daven in such a way where kimat I'm not in this world anymore. Kimat there's nothing. It's an aspect what the Nevi'im calls ein oid movada. Not just that there's no God other than Hashem and our understanding of Him. There is nothing but godliness. You enter into a state, total dvekas. There's no table in front of me. The chair that I'm, I'm holding my hands on or whatever that's in front is not there. The people on the sides of me is an illusion. The walls, the ceiling, the ground, the building, the cars outside, the noise. It's one big chalom. It's one big dream. Chalom osios lochem. You have to battle against the chalom. It's just a dream. You've got to battle to keep yourself awake. And tefillah is a time of becoming awake. The word tefillah in and of itself means binding. That's why tefillin are called tefillin. It means to bind. Naftule elikim neftalti means to, to become bound. And tefillah is milosh. And tefillin is the same thing. We call one singular tefillin a, a tefillah, right? A tefillah, a binding. So tefillah is not just coming to Hashem and asking Him for things. It's much deeper than that. Tefillah is an opportunity three times a day, maybe even four, if you, if you do a spodidus in, in, in some form or another, of total dvekas, total attachment. Entering into that state of wakefulness, there is nothing but you. There is nothing but you. So that's, Rabbi Nachman comes out of the gate with that. That's the ideal. Ah, however... And here, this is, this ach is the whole Indian of Rabbi Nachman. Because most Sfarim leave you with the ideal. And they don't really relate to the fact that we're human beings. So they get, you look at the Shulchan Arach and you're expected to do one of a million and billion things. And then when you, you, you deal with the vicissitudes of the human experience, you're like, okay, like maybe I fell out of it. There's nobody here to relate to me or to see me or to, or to address what I'm experiencing. Rabbi Nachman and the other tzaddikim of this tradition, their net was very, very big. They had room for everyone. They had room for you and they had room for me. So says the Rabbi, If from time to time you have the experience, When a person is just not in the zone, the person is just not there. And halacha even has provision for people who aren't there because there are people who are too weak to daven that may need to eat food before davening, which is not ordinarily allowed. There are halachas about this. There are times when a person just is, is not, not in the headspace, just not in the zone. Says the Rebbe, Ali Yoimar. So the person shouldn't say in that state, so then Enim is So forget it. 
If I can't dab him with Devek, if I can't dab him with Devekos, with crazy glue to the divine, so that I'm not doing it. Because the person says, listen, I'm not, not there. I'm not going to be able to focus. I'm not going to be able to dab him properly. And so my tefillah won't be accepted. Says the Rebbe, where do you find this concept that acceptance of tefillah should be contingent upon the amount of dveikos that we have or don't have? Says the Rebbe, about the that he was davening about people who were ill, and he would say that this one's going to live in Chas V'Shalom, this one's not going to make it. So they asked him, how do you know? He said, simple. If my tefillah comes out with, what Rabbi Nachman is learning is dveikos. I'm in it and I'm feeling it and I'm there and I'm present and I'm conscious and I'm awake and aware. Means the channel's open. The tefillahs are going straight up. Nothing's in the way. And if my tefillahs are not able to go up in such a way, then said then I know that it's not going to make it. So the Rebbe says, over here you see v'zeu al-derech sh'amarnu. So this is what we mean. In b'dveikos, if a person davens with dveikos, sh'azai ha-tfila shigura umarutza b'fiv, then a person is feeling tfila, and you know the difference. It's hard to put your finger on it, but you know the, the difference between a tfila when your mom is in it and a tfila when, you know, our brain and our heart is, is somewhere else. So says the Rebbe, if it's b'dveikos, sh'azai ha-tfila shigura umarutza b'fiv, mekubelis, then the tfila gets accepted you see, So now that we know that a person learns this Gemara, and he comes one morning and he wakes up and he feels that it's just Sigetnisht, he's not able to daven properly, says the Rebbe, don't, don't take off your tefillin and, and leave davening early and pack things up, or even mentally, subconsciously, just shut it down and say, listen, I'll try for Mincha. No. Afal pikein, al yoimara adam kein. Let a person not say this. Ela yispalel tamid. Let a person daven all the time, no matter what. No matter what state your davening is, is going to look like, no matter what you're feeling, no matter whether you feel your tefillah will be accepted or chas v'shalom, not accepted. If you're not able to aim for that ideal of davening with this state of dveikos, yispal then daven with all the energy that you have, as much as you can. Says the Rebbe, why? Here, here's the Gilui. One day something good happens and puts you in a good mood and you feel full of great gratitude to Hashem or you saw Siyat HaDashmah and it's clear to you that there's a God in the world and you have a tefillah that's a mamash, a knack of a tefillah. Says the Rebbe, as a yale all the other prayers that you offered up in a state that you felt was a bit weak, was shvach, says the Rebbe, they all rise up with this one tefillah. It opens all the gates, unlocks all the clouds from, from under which all the other tefillahs are trapped. And everything goes up. A remarkably powerful surge of prayer. So, before getting to the Remez in a second, which he's going to put into the Pasuk to help us remember this teaching, it's just Ramazim, let's think about this on a deeper level a little bit. What's the Nakud that the Rebbe says, and I put it in bold, Eli Yispal El-Tamid, that a person should daven all the time, constantly. 
I think very deeply, that the foundation of tefillah, the premise of prayer, is the realization that life is a process and not an event where everything just is how it is in the moment. That's what it means that we daven. It means that right now I need something, but yesh sikui, there is some chance that somehow if I put up a tefillah, things can change. Things can become recontextualized by some information I don't have yet or some experience that might happen tomorrow or the day after which will cast what I'm experiencing now in a brighter light or will heal what currently is broken. This wound will, will heal with time. With time. And if you think about it very deeply, the foundation of Mamash, pragmatically, what it means to be able to speak out a prayer to Hashem is founded on the concept of the experience of time. Beyond the realm of time, Dibor is impossible. Because what does Dibor mean? Dibor means that one letter comes before the next letter, which comes before the next letter, which becomes a word. And that word is before the next word that's spoken. And I in my head already know what I'm about to say in the whole shear because I prepared it. But it takes me time to speak it out, point by point, letter by letter, word by word. It's linear. What's that? It's linear. It's linear, exactly. Now, for something to be linear, it's only possible within the, within the limitation of space and time which are connected. Something beyond that is shamar v'zachar, Bedibor Echad. Shabbos. Which is Me'ein Alam Haba, which is Bino, which is beyond time and space. So only HaKadosh Baruch Hu could say, Shamar V'Zachar, or it's Bedibor Echad. You and I can't do that. Why? Because speech is linear. So if I'm saying one word, I cannot at the same time say another word. If I'm saying one letter, I cannot at the same time emit another letter. Why does the human being have the capacity to speak? Animals can't speak. They communicate on some limited level, varying levels of, of the human kingdom. Uh, I'm sorry, of the animal kingdom. Why can humans speak? Because the human being needs to pray. That's why we can speak. Adam Rishon, we know. Adam Leruach. Lenefesh Chaya, Kadesh Baruch breathes the breath into Adam Rishon's lungs. Just like this respirator, and Baruch Hashem, now he's off of the respirator and he's on a CPAP. It's like an oxygen machine. It's pumping little pumps of air into my little baby's lungs. So we think that we're breathing, right? I'm breathing. The, there's a divine respirator. It's, it's pumping life into me. It's just like, take it for granted. So I think I'm breathing because I'm not apparently attached to a machine. Hashem is pumping life into us all the time. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu pumps life into the lungs of the first human being. Adam Rishon is alive, says the Targum Unkelis. What does it mean, Nefesh Chaya? He became a speaking spirit. A speaking spirit. That's what it means to be human. A speaking spirit. Why did Adam Rishon need speech? Well, let's go back to the premise of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create Adam in the first place. What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu see that was missing in the Bria? Everything was ready. What was missing? Tefillah. In what context, if you remember, Rashi? Huh? What was he supposed to dive in for? Rain. For rain, for Gashamim. There was no one to pray for rain. So human, the human being can speak, which means he exists in the realm of time, so that he should experience momentary experiences of lack, 
and then utilize his Kayach HaDibor, which is founded on time, to pray for a better future, to pray for something to manifest within the unfolding of reality that will allow him to recognize that this story is being told by the great divine storyteller. This is all part of a story, and you see it unfold step after step after step after step. This is how Hashem unfurls Himself, so to speak, in such a way that you and I can grasp Him if we have eyes that are open to it. So Mamela says the Rebbe, if that's the foundation of prayer, one letter after the next, one word after the next word, it would be a negation of the very premise of tefillah if a person thought that a bad tefillah bad tefillah, so to speak, a, a, a tefillah offered not in a state of total dveikos is not worth sending up. Because again, what's the premise of tefillah? Is that you never know. Tefillah is an offering. Tf- what's that? I'm asking the kind of, tefillah is an offering in a sense? Mamish, tefillahs can I get tefillah and take none. To give something. Sure, sure, it's an experience of dveikos. But I'm saying if a person needs something, so a person needs rain, right? We daven. It's avodah Hashem. Not just... Yeah, I look for connection and therefore pray. That's why I never, I'm never really clear. Like, praying, what is praying? Is it, yes, I need a connection to God, or is it God wants my dedication? You know, therefore give something up, give time up and pray. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not in a way. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't want to so much get derailed from this particular Nakuda. I will get there in a second, but let, let's, let's just stay focused on this for now. But we'll get there in a minute. There's a cut score about that. But this Nikuda that we're speaking about here, says Rabbi Nachman, if a person would not continue to offer up tefillahs in the hopeful realization that you might say a really strong tefillah next week that will rectify all of these prayers, it's the negation of the, of the, of the very experience of prayer in the first place. So the premise of prayer is hope. So says the Rebbe, how antithetical to the concept of prayer would it be to not daven because right now I'm not feeling it. Since it has to be that built into the experience of tefillah is the capacity for tefillahs when you're not feeling it to be rectified by a later tefillah. Yeah, are we fo- following? What is? It's not just brought in Rabbi Nachman, it's brought in other Sfarim. I believe it's rooted in Nazar Kaddish, if, if I'm not mistaken, because the Yaris Tavash says exactly the same thing. I have it in my Likut Mran noted a number of tzaddikim that say this idea. Why, why does a, a good fellow rectify the previous ones? Why wouldn't you just say the other ones are gone? And, and Cause you're God, right? It would seem that, there, for, that, first of all, there is absolutely nothing spiritually that's lost. Even physically, I think science has proven every bit of energy is conserved um, somewhere in the world. And if everything physical is just a result of the spiritual realms manifesting, so to speak, in this realm, then it's true for spirituality, for sure. Right? So certainly something good, something positive. Now, Hashem set up a system in such a way we can't really understand why it is that a person would not be able. I mean, Sacha called the person's coming to Davin, right? The rut zone is there. A person wants to pray, otherwise he could easily still be in bed. It would be much easier than coming to Shul. For one reason or another, there are blockages now. But the power of a tefillah that's so incredibly powerful seems that it can rip through all the all the all the barriers in the Lashana of the Zara Kaddish, it's called Boykin Rikiyas Island. It 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 bakea, like like um vayivaka, to split. It splits all the layers and it rises. And apparently it would make sense to say again, I don't know what any of this stuff means, but it would be logical that Tfilos go to a certain place. It's like a, it's like the mailman with his sack of letters. I mean, you know, again, in a very Magusham way, but Tfilos go to a spiritual place where prayers go. Now, some of them can get through, some of them can't, but the ones that can't are there. 
That's Rebbe Nachman saying. They're not lost. Huh? At the end of the day, people shouldn't forget that these tefillahs, which were not as they're supposed to be, were all stepping stones and building blocks to get Beautiful. to the place where the right tefillah can take Maybe place. that's a mahalach also. Is that true? Maybe that, maybe it's maybe almost maybe like it's almost like going up the ladder and then I mean the final rung. Ah, now I'm here. Of course, now you're here. Yeah, you may. The new sense of the building block. Maybe the more you get into the pattern of governing by rote, the harder it is to get to that greatest. But okay, but but let's say but let's say a person feels tsar over it. Let's say it's been a week and a person mamish understands that the first thing is there's an ideal. I want to dive in Bidvekos. For a week already, for whatever reason, I'm down and I'm not interested and I'm not connected and it hurts. And then because it hurts, after I pass through a Shabbos with a strong Shalom Zachar maybe and a, and a, and a powerful Shal Shuddha somewhere and whatever it is, I make a Mamat Sunday morning, I'm in and I come early and I make an extra effort. At least in that person's situation, we can't say that it's true for everyone, it would be logical to say that there's a connection between all the frustration that he was feeling and this particularly powerful tefillah. But Rabbi Nachman doesn't make that provision, so it seems to say that it is just a, it's just a spiritual mechanism, that this is how it works. This is how it works. So that's a very, very powerful idea. This is germane to the concept of, of tefillah. That's what we're saying. This idea of hope. Nothing's lost. Nothing's lost. Well, that's why you pray. Well, guess what? Certainly no prayer is lost because that's what prayer is all about. It cannot fundamentally be lost. That's the premise of speech and the premise of speech is the capacity to pray. Says Rabbi Nachman, go back inside, Eli Yispal al-Tamid. If you can't daven with the true, like we said, Devek, Yispal al So then daven however you can. Now, based on what I pointed out before, that the definition of Dvekus is Ein Oidem that's what we're trying to get to, then what would an anti-Dvekus look like? What would the lack of Dvekus look like? Yeshus. Huh? I'm stuck in me. I'm stuck in me. And I'm not able to get to that place where like, oh my gosh, there's nothing but Hashem and I don't want anything other than total alignment with the divine and if I had my way, I wouldn't engage in anything in Olam I'm just in Hashem, etc. No, the opposite of that is Yesha. Says Rabbi Nachman, okay, fine. You're not in Dvekus and you have your own Koyach. Good, so you spell B'chol Koychai. You're right. You're still within your own Yesha, your own Koyach. Devote your own Kayach, whatever that is, even though you're not able to make that leap. You spallow, you're still in your Kayach, fine. But devote all of that lower realm as much as you can. Dedicate that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu if you're not able to overcome. How, whatever that is, so that, that could mean, again, that instead of having the intention that I really need Parnasa, but not from me, just because I really just want to devote it to Tzedakah, and I want to be able to host Shabbos guests, and I want to be able to send my children to learn Tyra, etc., etc., I'm not on that Madrega. Fine, so you still have a, have, a, have a yeshus, but at least recognize Hashem is real enough for me to come to Him with my, with my stuff. I'm not on the level right now. I, I would like some you know, actual material gashmis for me, let's say. But I know that there's somewhere where I get it. That's a lower madriga. It's a madriga of koichai. It's a madriga where it's all you. Bring that to Hashem. That's one way of understanding that. Just to address this Nikud that we spoke about before, Yaakov, um, I'm sure you, you, you may have heard it. It's a very famous Kutzker. Yeah? What were you, what were you saying? Oh, really? Perfect. Beautiful. I always associated the Kutzker with the color green also. I don't know why. I feel like uh, he's like the Slytherin of Hasidus. You get that feeling? He's like the, he's like the snake, you know? In a good way, in a holy way. He, he's like the Slytherin. Anyway, yeah, mamish, you know, Kotzker. So, 
So he says, for anybody who's not watching, this Rabianko was wearing a very green sweater jumper. So um, the Heilige Kotzka said, what's the big curse that the Nachash gets, that the Nachash gets when he is told that Afar will be your food? What's the big deal? It's the biggest blessing in the world. If he doesn't know the difference and he's satisfied with Afar, me and you would take the same thing. We'd have food wherever we go. We never had to pay a penny. We'd just walk around and licking some dirt off the floor and we'd be satisfied and happy. How's that a curse? Says the Heilige Kotzka, what's the curse? The curse is not that now you have to eat some really lowly kind of gross food. The curse is that you never have a reason to reach out to HaKadosh Baruch. You never have a reason to pray. It's the relationship with Hashem that he lost. So you see, like Rav Hutner says, prayer is not to get you out of trouble. Trouble is to get you into prayer. Right? Trouble in life, challenges, difficulties, Hashem giving you the opportunity of dvekus, of connection. So it's both. It's both. Hashem gets something out of it. We get something out of it. There's an experience of tefillah, even if a person's tefillahs were never, ever answered. In his whole life, a person makes a count. Let's say a person wants to prove that prayer works or doesn't work. And a person has certain things that they're praying for decade after decade until they're, 90, until they're 119 years old. And no prayer they ever said was answered. We would still say that tefillahs were answered. Because tefillah is not a vending machine. It's not like there's a certain snack you want, you put in a couple of quarters and you play the game and some magic trick and then it comes out. It's that tefillah in and of itself, the experience of prayer is already a great gift, irrespective of whether the thing that you're dominating for happens. Tefillah, just, it's a big gift. You understand that 99% of, you know, at least secular Western culture, they don't have the privilege of praying one time in their whole life, most people that you see on the streets. Not the religious ones, varying levels of, of prayer. No prayer at all. You know, I was at the, the Royal London Hospital where, where our Tinoch is, Tinoch ben Shiri Yehudas, all the learning should be in, in his chus, Bez Hashem, Besoich, Sharchoyle, Am Yisrael, and anybody else in need of Yeshua. The whole thing is Muslims. The whole entire neighborhood, you wouldn't believe, Mamish, you feel like you're in Afghanistan. It's, it's wild. You can't find a British, a, a non-Muslim person. The whole neighborhood and the whole hospital is just, just Muslims. So it's sweet, it's kavalt, because they're, they're strong in prayer. They are strong in prayer. Yishmael, there's a chazal about that. And, and Berditch Barov says clearly that Hashem listens to the tefillahs of non-Jews. Um, this is their thing. There are signs all over. This room is not for prayer. All over the hospital. Like, in every room you go, big signs. Do not pray here. It's like, it's great. It's beautiful. I that on us, you know, a Jewish place, they should be telling us, no, please, don't pray. Right? Why? Because, because they want to pray. Wherever they go, they roll out a mat and they're there, you know? This is what a Yid is supposed to be. A Yid's mom is supposed to be a Yehudi. We should be so grateful to Hashem all the time. Davening to HaKadosh Baruch all the time. This is the Tzelem Elokim. So tefillah is in and of itself is a big matana, regardless of whether you get what you were davening for, just the opportunity to become awake. I call it awake, to wake up from the dream, from the chalom, to be conscious for a couple of minutes that like there's more to life than the daily grind, than the mundanity of this worldliness. So it's all, it's a bunch of components. They're all bayim ka'achas, it's all one. Yeah. The brachas seem to be very similar. With Esau he says, Mishmana I guess it's like in Yiddish, he says, first, first, the concept of Mitzrayim, for example, having their waters without having the, the, the Geshem, is like Hashem says, here you go, leave mm. it alone. That's right. I don't want to It's Gemarantinus also. If Hashem enters too quickly, that's also not good. No. Right? Because the Geshem right away it means he's not interested in your tefillahs. 
Okay, so let's see how the Rebbe says this inside. And then, then the Rebbe explains this is Pshat in the Pasuk. Says Rabbi Nachman, says the Pasuk, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Am Yisrael, not just Moshe Rabbeinu, it's to you and me. Davin always. Va'eschanon el Hashem. Tamid. Bein bedveikus. Bein shaloi bedveikus. Bechol koichoi. Whatever it is. Davin. You just Davin. You know why? Because the foundation of prayer is hope. And hope encompasses the experience of prayer as well. So therefore, there's going to come a time one day, not today maybe, one day in the future when Lamar and all of those tefillahs that you felt weren't said because they were trapped, they all get lifted up. They all get lifted up. Says there, When you do have the opportunity to daven with dveikos one time, when it just clicks and it works and you're alert and you're awake and you feel it and you're, and you're able to concentrate, and put yourself into the words like the Baal Shem says based on the Pasuk in, in Parshas Noyach, Teva just means, doesn't just mean an ark, but it, it could also mean the words of tefillah. Says the, says, the, says the Baal Shem Tov, Boy el put your whole self into the tefillah. The way the Rabbi Nachman speaks about tefillah, if you have the opportunity to take a look, El Akutamran, Tara Samach, Hey, Boy el, Vayamer, Boy el Rus, I think is the, is the name of the Tara, where the Rebbe says that davening, you have to see this inside, I don't have my Akutamran here, unfortunately, but take a look, Tara Samach, Hey, in Akutamran, Rabbi Nachman says that davening is like picking flowers, most poetic part of Akutamran. One paragraph. Davening is picking a bouquet of flowers. It says every letter is another flower. And you move through the field and you pick one rose and that's the letter Bays. Then you pick another lily and that's the letter Resh. And you bring them together. Then you pick a, 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 a daisy and that's a Vav. And then, uh, give me another name of a flower, I'm running out of... A, huh? a violet, thank you. And that's the and that's the Chaf. And now that's the word Baruch, that's one bouquet. And then you go to the next to the next word, Baruch Atta, and you picked another bouquet and you connect them together. And the Rebbe did this as a meditation. Can you imagine? As a halavai, we should look at the words like flowers. He wanted you to do this for letters. From letter to letter. Baruch. And mom, you're picking the most beautiful flowers. Just to say one letter, B, and to feel that. You have lips, you made a sound. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably deep. Baruch. It can be a real experience, but we're just so overstimulated and distracted that we just speed through things. Tefillah, it, it will, it will. But maybe one tefillah a week or one tefillah a month. You can go slow enough, one. Not, not all the tefillahs, not, but Mitzi is not possible. But at least, at least one Shemana Esrei, let's say a week or every two weeks, to do this, to do, to do picking flowers and to mamish concentrate letter to letter. And if you want to make it a little bit more focused, then Avshachayim suggests envisioning the letters as you say them. So it helps to know how the letters are spelled, which is a challenging for some of the words, but for some of the simpler ones, Baruch, I think all of us can manage, right? You envision letter to letter, Baruch, and it's flashing, Beis, Reish, Baruch. Tefillah is supposed to be an experience. Boy El Ateva. The Baal Shem Tov says, come into prayer. Not just come into shul and pray. Enter prayer. That's huh? the whole section of the Tzila, no, that's in Parshish Noyach. Amar Tzila, yeah? Like a big section. Oh, really? Is it on Parshish Noyach Tavka? Yeah. Okay, so says the Rebbe again, if you're going to daven with tremendous dveikus and cleaving, or whether or not, 
Oh, I'm sorry. When you get to David on that madrego with Devek, with Dvekos, then on whatever day that will be, Lamar. All the tefillos will be said. So therefore, you just daven, do your thing. Because you never know what next week will bring. And you never know what a tefillah some other year. It might not even be in a couple of months. It might be some year down the line. You never know what's going to be spiritually with us. We might, who knows what's going to happen. You know, grow pace one day. You never know. You know, keep an eye on me. But you never know one day. Like, who knows? Boom. You dab in one strong tefillah. Just opens up all the madrigas and all the years of tefillahs that were less, you know, or subpar. They all go up. Maybe even, bashkacha, exactly when you needed an extra burst. Who knows? So it's quite, like, binary. Like, there's either shkurbatik or there's, like, not, not. Like, right. <laughs> is it is there a, is it like a spectrum of like maybe like part of my tefillah was the tefillah sure. was not sure. And so like that part will go up and the other sort, or is it like there's a unit of tefillah you have to have tefillah the whole time? That is a very interesting question. I don't know. I don't know. I know that Rabbi Nachman and Sikha Saran speaks about the the impossibility of a human being to have total dvekas from beginning of dawning to the end. So he says, just pick a piece. You know, every person has a particular piece that they're connected to. Maybe at different times they're connected, different brachas in Shemana Esrei. Pick one and Amamash do that. And if you can do the next one, great. But you shouldn't beat yourself up that you didn't have total dvekas. We're, we're humans. We're, we're, we're awash with monkey brain, you know, different kinds of jumping thoughts. Fine. But whether... The, that can, you know, it's like all the different parts of tefillah are, are assessed and then we come out with like a total score based on all the different scores. I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that in Panimia Satara, nothing is ever black and white. Everything is always a spectrum. That's, that's the nature of Panimia's. Because on the surface, things are black and white. In Panimia's, everything is a spectrum. There's always more going on than meets the eye. And so maybe it's all besiyata deshmaya. It's an amazing concept I'm saying now. Maybe Hashem is dafka causing a person to have subpar tefillahs for a tkufa, because who knows when they're going to have a premature baby, you know, at, at, at 26 years old. And mamish, they're going to have to take their tefillah up to the next level. As Hashem, everybody should be healthy and well, including Tinek ben Yehudas, everybody should be healthy. And all of a sudden, you mamish daven, you pour out your heart to Hashem, and it, that one tefillah wouldn't have been strong enough maybe. But now I brought it with me, all the other tefillahs that didn't go up. So you never know. You just never know. The main thing is of all that we've learned together and that we will be learning together is emunah. That's, that's the end, the sum game of the Baal Shem Tov and Arizal and Rav Shem Chai and everything else. Like David HaMelech says, until in Kol Emunah, the sum total of the whole Yiddishkeit is just faith. So this is another angle, another way to reinforce our faith. We don't know what's going on. Our job is to do what we can, the best that we can. Then you let go. You say, Hashem, you're running the world. Not just are you running the world, you're running my spiritual growth. It's on you, you know. I'm doing the best that I can, and that's it. And then Hashem's chashboyness is beyond us. Hashem says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Only Hashem knows what's going on. Is it the concept of the, of the another coming to Tefillah saying, look, mm-hmm. just like I'm in the right place right now, but i got to do what i got to do. I think for everything else is in the right place, but it's exactly where it's supposed to be. It's, it's, it's that kind of tikkun that I need in my situation, which I'm showing that I'm here anyway. 
even if I don't understand it. And so therefore, the sum total for Hashem for you is the same thing, whether it goes this way or that way. That's right. That's right. Maybe Adarabha, that, that that's the nature of tefillah. As bittal is is ani kiyatov. And to him, tefillah is connected with the pauper, with the impoverished one, with the one that doesn't have. Ka'ani bepesach. We come knocking on a Kurdish Baruch Hu's door, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Huh? Right, exactly. Well, David Amalek, his whole tefillah. That's it. His whole thing is tefillah. Va'ani tefillah, David says. Va'ani tefillah doesn't mean an I daven. It means that I am prayer. And who, right, who had more trouble that sent him into tefillah than David Amalek? So which one was it? David Amalek went through so much, so he, he David, Hashem knew what he was doing. He, he wanted there to be a symbol of tshuva, like Chazal say, and a symbol of tefillah. How do we relate this by Moshe Rabbeinu, the concept of Moshe Rabbeinu, davening, 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 and Hashem says, stop, because the next one is going to go up. Yeah, right. If you say Moshe Rabbeinu, the others didn't make it? Based on what we're saying, again, on his madriga, is that those tefillahs on whatever level were in on that on that much yeah, so that we need when we come we're like well Moshe Rabbeinu you know, yeah, pretty pretty. <laughs> times works, you know. it doesn't necessarily mean that Moshe Rabbeinu it could be just he needed a threshold of this amount of tefillahs to get but the same is the same as the last one yeah, it, might, it, might, it, might not, it might it might be that for what he was asking thanks for coming Ashika thank you no 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 we're, we're gonna finish now anyway we're not gonna not gonna do a second piece you're saying it could be a chajban outside of this piece. Yeah, right. yeah can be. Right. What do we know? It's a great mystery. That's the whole lesson. It's all mysteries. So you can say, if tefillah is dvekas, and like it's becoming one, and like you say, whispering, and there's the understanding of God being together, togetherness, or like a unit with God, even Moshe Rabbeinu, with his, all his loftiness, he couldn't reach the total understanding of God. There's always the one thing. Right, which the he, one shower. God doesn't want Zachayra. you to see everything. Right. And that's probably the one thing. He said, stop. Or you say, Zachariah. Yeah. And, and, and that, that Nekuda. Right. The whole goal is here. Why? Because you see, it's God. It's everything. That's oh, it. But the Hestapunim has to stay. That's it. Even, if it, even though it was pale pale. Even though it was Shechina B'Dabaras B'Sach Groyna. It was more yeah. than that. It was God davening to himself, which it always is that way. Right, l'cha amar libi bakshu panei l'cha amar bishlichuscha. My my lave is is it's you speaking. It's l'cha amar libi. You know bakshu panei. It's it's all. Rabbi Nachman says in Torah Kufnud Vav that tefillah that a person davens is mamish rucha kodesh. It's Hashem speaking because the whole thing is Hashem. That's the secret. There is no thing called a human. Tzelam alokim chelik alikam imal. That's the big. That's the big secret. Before, how much of it is and how much of it is bittel? Bittel. Everything is bittel. No, no, I'm saying, yeah. according to the yeshus and bittel, that's out where the chibur is. Yeah. That's the ikkar and tefillah. The ikkar and tefillah is, is bittel. Bittel, dveikos, yeah. especially shmanasr. Shmanasr is mamish. Recognizing. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. So much so, I'll just end with this. The Bredich of Rav says, what's pshat that we end tefillah with the yudel ratzen, hegin libi lefanecha. So he says tefillah is supposed to be all about bittal, but you're busy telling God all the things that you need, right? So, so what is it? If you mamish believe that Hashem runs the world, so then there's, that's the negation of tefillah. It's how very, very so how could you daven at yeah. all? So it's very, very deep that in her bays in Lakutimran, it's encoded this whole sugya. And I did give a number of shiurim on her bays, where I went through that. You can find that on, on SoundCloud. On um, her bays, it's all about tefillah, and it's this whole. Kushya, like, do I exist or don't I exist? And what is that? But uh, not getting into that now. But the Berdichever says, he says, Enechanami, you need to go and daven. That's what a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants. Otherwise, you'd unravel the system, and it would be worth uh, humans. Hashem wants tefillah from this realm, right? He wants us to need things and to rely on Him and to ask for Him for. 
that's how he set it up. There's a giver and a, and a, and a taker. That's how Hashem set it up. But at the end of Tefillah, <clears throat> the highest point of Devekas, a Jew comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says, now that from my standpoint, I've said all what I perceive I need, now you, L'Ratzayin, Imrefi, V'Hagyoyin, Libi, now I'm giving it to you. And if you know that in your master plan, the things that I'm davening for, I don't actually need, then I'm, I'm, I'm about to my, my, my understanding to you. It's the end of tefillah. It's, it seems, it seems strong. So I keep that in mind. I try to keep that in mind. Um, in Kedusha Slevi and Likutim, I believe, in the end of Kedusha Slevi, I'll try to find it for you, comes and we say at the end, at the pinnacle of davening, you reach such a level of bittal where even the illusion of me thinking that I need Rafua or that I need Parnasa or that I need Geula or that I need, I say, Hashem, it's, it's, you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. And then I'm silent. That's it. You don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a lot like that, that, that story where, where, where um, a person said, our face and you do what you need to do. Do we, know how, do we know how Darwin, his kind of like how he quiet, very how loudly, quick. very loudly. I mean, at least he told his Hasidim, the Hasidim, he said that I want my Hasidim. He said, Some people say that you know, coming before God needs to be done with, with um, you know, with uh. Not yet, yeah, trepidation, but it's more than that. No, 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 no. Meekness. What's the word? Not meekness. Um, like, like tekes. Like you know, like they have the cantorial with with a lot of yeah ah. formality, right? Formality. And he says, my chassidim will jump into Ganeidim with the sweat on their on their speckish sleeves. <laughs> he said, right. He, he wants his chassidim to clap, and he wanted them to move. And he speaks about movement. And we have from Rabnasan that one time Rabnasan was was. Um, was, was traveling around after he had come to Rabbi Nachman. So he was first a Talmud of the Berdichever and, and, and a number of other tzaddikim. And he went from tzaddik to tzaddik until he found his Sharish and Shama. And that was it. Um, but afterwards, he would travel from place to place, bringing the teachings of Rabbi Nachman, printing books, raising funds. And so one time he was in Berdichev and he was davening very, very loudly. And the Hasidim were getting a little bit upset. Maybe he's disturbing the Berdichever. So they came to the Berdichever of Rabbi Yitzchak and they said, I'm sorry, they came to Reb Nassin and they said, you know, you're davening so loudly, you're disturbing the, the, the Reb Levi Yitzchak. So Reb Levi Yitzchak overheard this. He turned around and he said, how do you know who's disturbing who? He said, maybe maybe in some way my davening is disturbing his davening. Let him be, you know, he's, he's, he's Reb Nassin. That's what the Redditchever said. Nassin's tefillah. So we know that they daven loud. They still do daven loud, but with sweetness. It's not, it's not, car- it's not Stalin. No. It's not hollering. It's... It's intense, but it's joyous, and it's full of movement, and it's full of ruach, it's full of air, spirit, yearning, breathing. He for hours, or like hours. Hours. We know one particular Yom Kippur, I'm sorry, Rosh Hashanah evening, the Hasidim had finished davening, gone and eaten their meal, and when they came back, he was still in Shemana Eser, four or five hours. But again, Rabbi Nachman wasn't those one of those tzaddikim, first of all, he didn't live right, long enough to have mamish, you know, this is how he did it. Right, he. Right, right. he he was all tikkunim. One time he took a trip. Nobody knew where in heaven's name he was going and what he was going for and what he did. He went mamish alone. He came back a few days later from a place that nobody knew. He said, on this trip, I rectified the sin of Yerav and Betavat. No, no, saga, like what, what he was plugged into, what he was, ta- what he was doing. He was a mystery. We know more about him than any of the other tzaddikim of his time because everything was documented. And we know far less about him than any of the tzaddikim of his time. Because the content of what we know about him is so 
it, it is so enigmatic, is so mysterious that he will forever remain a mystery. Tov, amazing, Chavre. Thank you so much. Sorry, we're cutting it short. We started late, and it's a bit of a crazy time. Thank you so much for coming.